Welcome to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, with a private practice where I specialize in working with women as well as maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we'll be discussing all things childhood, womanhood, and motherhood, and everything in between. I'll be interviewing various women who will be sharing their birth stories, as well as others who will be providing tips to help us be able to navigate this crazy world that we live in. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a quick chat with me. And now a word from our sponsor. How amazing would it feel to wake up every day and feel deeply connected to your partner? A relationship free of frustration and disconnection. One that feels natural without having to put in burdensome, never-ending work, where understanding and support reign supreme. Are you ready to have the relationship you desire and feel intimately connected again? Join Authentic Marriages for their couples coaching group. Contact them at info at AuthenticMarriages.com for a free consultation and visit their website, AuthenticMarriages.com for more information. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Push Through Podcast. I am so happy you have joined me today because we have so much to catch up on and I really wanted to take this episode to just do a check-in. Since our previous check-in of Let's Reset, the episode that I recorded at the beginning of season two, um, pretty much nothing has changed. (laughs) Corona still here. Um, Protests are still going on. Black men still getting shot. Same old, same old, um, consistent. And being that it is pretty much consistent of what's going on. Oh, and the people who murdered Breonna Taylor are still walking around. So no, no drastic changes have occurred. Um, I wanted to see how everybody was doing. And on top of that, school has started back. And I know that that has been very controversial and just difficult for everybody. Um, So this episode is dedicated to checking in, even if you haven't checked in with yourself, to listen to this and take a moment to pause and check in with yourself. How are you doing? How are you feeling? How does your body feel? How are you breathing? Are you taking care of yourself? Um, And with all of that (laughs) to be discussed, I mentioned at the beginning of the season how September was going to be a really big month for push through, um, because typically I would decide that I would do the push through conference at the end of September, like last year, but due to the pandemic, I decided to switch it up, still offer something because I know people really need it, but offer some things that are for free for people who may not be able to afford a ticket or a ticket just may not be a priority to purchase at this time. Or if they want to do all of it, see the Instagram lives as well as purchase a ticket to join us for the event at the end of the month. So let me go over everything um, that we'll be having just to give you an idea before we get into a couple of topics that I wanted to talk about. So each week in September, I will be doing Instagram lives um, with some great people to talk about some great things that are going on. Um, some of which I'm still working on, but I wanted to tell you about the people that I have confirmed so far. So Stefa Lafon is going to be coming back, 
Um, she was on the episode that we talked about matrescence. She is a motherhood coach, and she will be enjoying. She will be joining us on September 10th for Instagram Live, where we will be talking about how moms can really just be themselves, be their authentic selves, emerge everything that are about themselves into who they are as a mother, as well as their old self. And this is really great because being that it's an Instagram live, everybody who's tuning in will be able to ask questions and then we'll be able to talk through that. So I'm super excited because that goes along with some of the stuff that I'm dealing with currently. Um, after that, um, Katrina Porner will be joining us on September 18th. Katrina was one of the facilitators at the conference last year. She is a couples counseling um, therapist. She specializes in relationships. And quarantine has definitely tested several partnerships that are out there. <laughs> it's not often that people have to be in the house working together, living together, parenting together seven days, 24 hours. Um, so there's been some struggles with people due to that. So I'm so excited to just listen to all of the tips and um, insight that she may have on how to better communication, maintain connection, and just being able to just thrive in the midst of everything that's going on. So that's definitely going to be a good one. And then on top of that, the day before that, on September 17th, we we will be joined by Devorah. Um, she has the platform Co-Parenting Goals, where her and her son's father both facilitate that platform and they just talk about strategies and tips for parents to be able to co-parent well, um, even though they might not be together anymore. So that will also be a good one because I have heard several mothers talk about, especially when the quarantine first happened, how are they able to do the whole co-parenting thing? Being that, you know, we had these strict orders of quarantining and how do you know what someone else is doing at their house, who they have over, um, or even just making decisions about school. Um, it just kind of presents a, a difficult time for people to have to navigate. So that one's going to be super exciting as well. Um, we're looking forward to having a guest speaker at the end of September, and I'm not revealing who that is yet, but she's going to be on the Instagram live on September 25th. <laughs> So I'll keep you posted. Stay tuned for that one. Um, and then on September 26th is going to be the Push Through Mama Breathe event from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. We have a few slots left and I am so excited about it. Um, it's going to be amazing. Um, Octavia is going to be doing the sound bath meditation. She's going to bring us in with meditation and end us with meditation for the day. She's super cool, super dope. And I mean, we all need to breathe first and foremost. Um, the next thing about that, our keynote speaker is going to be Lauren. Um, Lauren was on our panel at the Push Through Mama conference last year. She is the owner of a yoga studio that is in Roswell, Georgia. And if you follow Lauren on Instagram, she's been pretty candid and transparent about several things that have occurred, um, some challenges that she's dealt with for the year of 2020. And what I admire so much about her is her strength, um, her ability to utilize her tribe, 
her um, capability of still being an amazing mother despite and just being able to push forth and still service several mothers that are out there, um, give various tips. And she's just awesome. So I'm so looking forward to hearing her speak. Um, Plus, we have some really great gift bags that are going to be mailed out prior to the events. Um, Good Moms Have Bag Days, which was our sponsor last week, um, have journals for all of the participants that will be attending because we're going to be doing some journal work as well. Um, So everybody who purchased a ticket will get that, plus some journal prompts as well. And um, also some other great things that will be in their goodie bags that they'll be receiving. And the day will just be connecting with mothers across the country, hopefully the world. <laughs> but we do have some people who are not in Georgia that have signed up. So I think that's pretty cool. So women will be able to connect with other moms, um, being able to talk about what challenges they feel like they're facing, learn some tools to be able to combat anything that they feel like they're dealing with, set some great intentions, gain some affirmations, and just walk out of this breathing session just feeling like they've reset and they can just go out there and conquer. That's like the purpose of it all. And the tickets are only $35. Um, You'll be able to get some tools. You'll be able to get a great goodie bag. You get a really nice journal because I was very specific on the types of journals that I wanted to have. I hate those cheap flimsy, thin ones. I like a good, thick, hard ones that durable that you can really write in. Um, so I, I feel like it's a pretty good deal. Um, it's much cheaper than the therapy session and it's longer and you get to have some individual time, you get to have some group time, you get to learn some skills. So I'm pretty excited about it. And if you haven't registered yet, please do um, because I'm only going to allow 30 slots and keep it very small and intimate um, to not have it where it's just too big and not everybody can be heard, be seen, and have that space to really connect. Um, so if you haven't gotten your ticket, get it now. <laughs> um, so to get into the show today, there's two topics that I did want to talk about. Um, the first one was I was talking to a friend because she and I are working on a special project right now. And she sent me a text about Lauren Hill and her daughter. And um, I looked it up and I read about it. And it was so interesting because in season one, we had an episode on conscious parenting. And parenting, first and foremost, like I always say, there is no dress rehearsal for it. You know, you have a kid, the kid is here, and you just figure it out. The best thing that you can do is be able to go based off of your experience with your own parents, rather good or bad, and you kind of take from what they did or didn't do to decide what you want to do and how you want to navigate that. But sometimes we don't always get it right, and sometimes we get it really, really right. Um, But mostly I feel like if you lead with the intention of love and you just want to protect your child, keep them safe, then I feel like that's the most important thing. But disciplining is a really controversial topic. And basically in the article, Lauren Hill's daughter, which I can't even think of what her name is now. Let me try to look it up while I'm talking. But her daughter was basically talking about 
how she felt as if she was traumatized by the discipline tactics that her mother, Lauren, would utilize. Um, And her name is Sela, Sela Marley. I could not think of it for nothing, but she's 21. And this was during an Instagram live. So she was just kind of like on Instagram, just kind of like talking on a whim. And she was saying how her mom would just come in with the belt or her mother would tell her, go to my room and get my belt um, because you're about to get a whooping. And she would feel like taking that walk down the hallway was like a death sentence and have all of this anxiety. And she feels like as an adult, she's still working through a lot of those emotions that stemmed from that experience. And she felt like her mother just yelled and she was angry all the time. Now, um, I can speak for myself because I can't speak for everybody. Um, And it also makes one to kind of do a lot of research on whoopings and forms of punishment, especially within the black community, because I say that um, Lauren Hill responded and CNN had an article on her response. And she was basically saying that if you grew up in a household of black people, this was a norm. This was just something that was done and to not chastise her or make her feel as if what she was doing was something that was abnormal or something that was wrong because everybody has dealt with this, basically. So what's interesting about that was literally a month or two ago, I was talking to one of my best friends. She sent me this article um, that someone had written because she also was kind of reevaluating her approach to disciplining her own children. And she was kind of going back and forth on the idea of whoopings. And for anybody who doesn't know what a whooping is, um, to just kind of define it, it's basically taking a belt, a belt that you would like wear in your pants and using it to spank your child. So you would use the belt in place of your hand to spank the child as a form of punishment whenever they've done something wrong. And so... Um, my friend had sent this article to me about a month or two ago. And just to give you like some highlights of it, um, the article was written by Stacy Patton, who is a PhD. Um, and she wrote a 2015 Pew Research survey found that black parents are more than twice as likely as white and Latino parents to use corporal punishment on a regular basis. And they are far less likely to never spank their children. But while hitting children is prevalent in black communities, contrary to popular belief, it is not an intrinsic cultural tradition. Black parents have legitimate fears about the safety of their children, and the overwhelming majority believe physical discipline is necessary to keep black children out of the streets, out of prison, or out of the police officer's sight. And far too many parents argue that whooping children is a distinctively black tradition. This belief, however heartfelt, is wrong. Um, And just to give you something really short, she points out in Adverse Impact. She writes, Black children are more likely to be assaulted, seriously injured, or killed by a family member than by the police or neighborhood watchmen. Yearly statistics consistently show that Black children are mistreated and killed at significantly higher rates than white and Latino children. 
Black parents who hit their children not only risk drawing the attention of child protective services who are overrepresented in communities of color, but also having their children placed in foster care, which is a pipeline to the juvenile justice system and similar adverse paths that disproportionately impact black youth. I'm going to link this article in the um, details for this podcast episode so you can read it more thoroughly, but it was published in the American Psychological Association. So I just thought like with all of that information, um, it brings up a good discussion (laughs) because I don't necessarily think that there's a right or wrong answer. Um, But just to kind of respond um, or let you know what Lauren Hill said in response to her daughter, Sela, making that comment. Um, Basically, what Sela said, it is crazy. I'm playing this trauma back in my head as I speak to you. She'd be like, go get the belt. That's how you know you're in trouble. It's like walking to your death. My mom is an amazing woman, but she obviously didn't do everything right. Um, She says in the video that she felt like her mother's physical punishment of her was some slavery shit. And this video is now posted on YouTube. So Lauren Hill wrote, Sela has every right to express herself. I encourage it, but also got the discipline that black children get because we are held to different standards. The spanking of black children has been hotly debated between those who view it as abuse and those who say it is necessary discipline to protect them from the violence of the world. Lauren went on to say that the discipline was seen through the lens of a young child who also had no place to reconcile me as a mother and me as a larger than life public figure. Um, If I'm guilty of anything, it is disciplining in anger, not in disciplining. The toxic venom I ingested for standing on principle and confronting systematic racism far before it was the thing to say or do. Um, So... I love to know your thoughts. (laughs) I wish that you were sitting here in front of me to hear your thoughts. But I sent this um, to my brother who lives in Texas. And I wanted to know what his thoughts of this. Because my brother became a parent when he was 22 when he had my nephew. And he had my niece at 23. And um, I know that in his earlier years of parenting, he did whoop and he was whooped I was whooped as a child growing up I can count on one hand how many times I was whooped um in comparison to my brothers but my brothers are significantly older than me and I don't know what their experience was like how often plus I'm the only girl I don't know if that had anything to do with it plus my parents were older when I came along and I don't know if that had anything to do with it but I will say that I was a pretty chill child um I didn't really do much but I literally can just count on one hand the amount of times that I had a whooping. So my brother said, it's a complicated topic. I think I also discipline in anger in mom and his wife, shame me into stopping. I'm glad that I did, but I switched to yelling, which was no better. Um, and I thought that was a pretty powerful and interesting statement because it, it kind of brings it all back to no one teaches us or tells us um, this is what you do or this is how you handle it. Like, sure, there's books out there, um, like what to expect when you're expecting. But um, there aren't books on how to prepare your child for the world that is approaching them. 
And like, how do you let them know that it is such a harsh world out there? And it's not even like contrary to that, it's not necessarily to say that it is our responsibility to give them that harsh reality within our home. Um, But at the same time, who better to prepare them than their parents versus outsiders in the world? And how do you find that that fine line in between to make them aware that they can't just do whatever they want to do, say whatever they want to do, and not have a punishment now versus a punishment that may result in murder or imprisonment or something of that nature. Now, to speak about myself currently, I have not whooped my children I have a three-month-old, four-month-old actually, and a three-year-old. The situation hasn't presented itself. I've never been in the position to need to do it. And when I say that, I'm not saying that in a, I'm standing on a pedestal and I'm judging people that do. Um, But I'm a firm believer that I think that every child is different and every child receives discipline differently. It's just all about the temperament of your child. Fortunately for my oldest, Ezra, he has a happy-go-lucky spirit about him. And he is one where if you are to speak to him in a stern tone, most of the time, it works. (laughs) Um, He had gotten in trouble one day at school Um, His school has a no guns policy. What I mean by that is not like, of course, no one can bring guns. But being that he has a classroom of blocks and toys, um, they can't make guns out of, um, of Lego blocks or anything like that. And so he, once he left his old daycare where they were kind of just all over the place. And he went to his new school where it was more structured and this is a private school that he goes to now, he carried that behavior on. And it wasn't something that we necessarily thought about because he watches cartoons like Transformers and um, Power Rangers. And quite honestly, they have guns. They don't have guns. They have bullets in these shows. They shoot like, like on Star Wars where it's a gun that has like a laser that comes out. Um, but I get the concept. So the school is against that. And Ezra was kept making guns out of Legos, kept encouraging other students to play with him with this. And even though he was redirected, he was still adamant about shooting kids with Lego guns. And so the teacher spoke to my husband when he picked him up from school about it and told him that we really needed to work with him to get him to stop because he was the only person in the class that was doing that. And so... I literally, my husband called me on speakerphone while they were driving home. I literally just told him in a stern manner and he cried and he never did it again. Now, of course, Ezra is only three years old. He's not nine. He's not 10. Um, And I don't, I don't know, but that's just where I am right now. And we do time out and time out. We do it maybe like. I don't know, every other week when he just like won't do something like we've told you like five times and you're still doing it. Or we do like we remove something from him, put something away or take away like um like a reward system or whatnot. 
And that literally works for us. Um, But it's not to say that our situation is any better, he's any better. Everybody is case by case. And it's all about being in a, a learning realm of it all, of just like figuring it out. What I do feel like I learned that I don't want to do with my child in comparison to what my parents did. I don't feel like whenever I was punished, there was like a conversation afterwards. I feel like there was just like shame for what you did. You weren't supposed to do it and you're being punished for it. You're getting a whooping or chastised or whatever, but it wasn't a, well, why did you do that? Why do you keep doing that? Um, how do we prevent this from you keeping doing that again? (laughs) Um, that just wasn't talked about. And my parents weren't really like conversationalists with us. Like, um, and maybe because they thought of us as just children and you don't talk to children. I don't know. So that was something that I didn't want to do. I never wanted to cuss out my child. Um, it makes me uncomfortable when I'm out in public and I see other people do that. I don't like that at all. Um, I wouldn't do that. And I wouldn't ever want to demean them or make them feel horrible. I always try to keep in mind that my kid is a kid and never lose touch of that. Um, a few years ago, Ezra and I were in Target. And there was a woman who had twins with her. And of course, maybe because I'm a therapist, I always try to keep it in mind of not looking at things for the surface because there's always tons of things under the surface. You don't know where someone's mental state is. You don't know where their mental health is. And oftentimes when people react a certain way, it is for a reason. And just being able to keep it in mind, not to say that it's okay, but it's just to keep it in mind. So this woman, she had twins in her stroller and they were just doing what kids do. Like they looked like they were maybe two years old and they were just making noises, just like children that are two years old do. It wasn't like yeah, loud where it was like disturbing the peace. It wasn't of a noise that, you know how sometimes you hear just a screaming baby and people just stop and like, look like, where's that baby coming from? Like someone get that baby. Is that baby okay? It wasn't like that at all. It was just babbling and just making noises amongst themselves. And she kept snapping at them to be quiet, be quiet. And Ezra and I are just going through the aisles. I'm just looking at clothes And then she gets so frustrated, she just pops them. And I don't want to be one of those people who shame people for spanking their children in public. Um, However, (laughs) it was just like, I don't know. I just like, I didn't get it because it just seemed like they were just making noises. Like, Like I said, it wasn't anything that was just obscene or just out of the way. And I just felt sorry for them because they were so sad like at the end of it um crying and she told him to stop crying or it would get worse and I say that to say out of Lauren Hill's comment of she doesn't want to discipline out of anger out of my brother's comment of saying that he did discipline out of anger and he ended up just yelling I think that it's always best to the only thing that I will say as a suggestion 
is I think that it's always best to be able to check your emotions. Um, being able to check in, like, why is this so triggering for you? What do you have going on underneath the surface? Do you feel like you're carrying a little bit extra into this situation that is making you more annoyed? And if anything, I get when you're out in public, it's a little bit difficult because you just got to get your stuff. And in being as it may, if your kid is just off the chain, they're just off the chain. Like, who cares if people see you, if people like are looking like whatever. Okay, whatever. Just be able to just get your stuff, go to the car, take a breather, take a break, have a conversation about it in the car. Um, if you want to discipline just make sure that you give yourself like that time out, just that time to breathe. Um, and if you're at home, even perfect. If you're at home and your kid is just doing something that is just off the chain, being able to just have them go to their room, you being able to take a break, breathe, calm down, and even like putting some hours in between it. I remember when I worked in community counseling I had to teach a parenting class to parents whose children had um, been in the defect system. And they had to take a certain number of classes. I think it was like 10 or 12 classes um, in addition to whatever was on their case plan before their children could be returned to them. And a big thing that was a part of the curriculum that we taught was it was okay to discipline your child. But it's also okay to say, you're in trouble for this. This is why. Let's have a conversation. Okay, you sit here and in 30 minutes, you're going to get whatever form of discipline, whatever that may be. And that's that's okay. It's allowing you to, let's say if you spanked, it's allowing you to calm down. Um, it's allowing you to clear your head if you need to move the conversation until afterwards, whatever the case may be. Um, and if it, if it isn't spanking, if it's, um, doing time out, if it's taking away something, if it's having the conversation, but the goal of it is, is to make sure that you are grounded just because like we have so much going on. Like, yeah, they may have broke the vase, but they may have broke the vase at the end of your boss giving you crap, um, your accounts in the negative, your husband's on some other stuff, your family keeps burdening you with responsibilities that you feel like is not fair to you. Um, just you're unhappy with some of the things that you haven't been able to do for you. And then at the end of it all, your kid breaks the vase. And that's like the last straw of the day. And it's who are you really mad at? Like, yeah, it's disappointing. And no, they should not be throwing a ball around the house. But at the same time, you have all this other stuff that's just built up in there. And just being able to just check yourself. And, and of course, like I'm saying, I don't, in my practice, I don't specialize in parenting um, I did teach that class for DFACs. I did work in DFAC setting for six years and I, I get it, but I also give grace to people for just knowing that sometimes you're just doing the best that you can do. I don't condone abuse by any means. I don't think that people should cuss out their children. I don't think that people should abuse their children. Um, I don't think that if you do any type of corporal punishment. It should just be on a whim for any little thing that goes on. I don't think that you should shame your children. 
I think that you should always keep in mind that they are children. And I think that every moment is a teaching lesson. And sometimes I feel like, to go back to the article from the American Psychological Association, sometimes we parent out of fear. And although it may be mass or it can look like anger, I think sometimes it's fear. I want to be able to protect you for what the world may do to you. So let me do it to you now, almost like an indirect type of thing. But I say all of this to say is because I want to have a deeper discussion about it and I want to hear your thoughts. So please, as I post this on social media, um, once this goes live, um, let me know your thoughts. Like, what do you do? Where do you stand? How do you feel? What, what approach do you take with any of this? And just let me know. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, just to kind of catch you guys up, um, when I was talking about Matrescent and I was talking about um, Stefa and I'm so excited um, and you taking the moment to check in with yourself, I had to check in with myself from over the weekend. Um, this pandemic is still going on. I have not been social Not really, like, uh, not like by myself, like without children. I've done more so like safe things with other people who have children to allow our children to socialize with each other. Like I have a friend who is currently pregnant and she hasn't done, gone anywhere, done anything, has not, you know, tested positive any type of way, hasn't been exposed at all. She works from home just like I do. And um, I've seen her maybe three times throughout this whole pandemic where our kids have been able to play. And that's it. <laughs> like that's that's pretty much all that I've done. And it is very difficult. Like when you are, either you're working or you're with your children and that's it. And there's no in between, there's no nothing for yourself. And just being able to build that time in for you Um, And then even like the annoyance of having to strategize how to build it in. Like it takes away a little bit of that independence and freedom of just being able to say, I'm just going to get up and go paint or I'm just going to go into my office and write. But you can't just do that. Like you may say, I'll do it during a nap time, but it's kind of like all in your kids' plans or in control of how long that nap time truly will be. So... That was a little difficult and I was getting a little burnt out, but I will say um, we took a family getaway to Saren B. If you haven't heard about Saren B, I'm going to put a link at the bottom um, so you can see the serenity that it is. Um, we just, we didn't do anything where we interacted with other people. We just rented a house on the lake and just got takeout and just did some hiking, which was really, really cool and fun. Saw some farm animals, um, watch TV, play games, relax. And it was really, really good. It was awesome. Um, And we have another trip coming up where we um, are doing something like similar, but just at the beach um, where the beach is literally in front of the house. So we don't have to interact with other people. It's a private beach. Um, We'll just do takeout, cook, stay in the house. So we're still like quarantining. We're just going from one location to the other. But um, I'm going to be more intentional about trying to see people. 
like whether it's a drive by or it's a six feet apart or whatever the case may be, but just getting out of my bubble some because it's, it's a lot. And, um, I didn't think it would go on this long. My mother and I were talking about Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving and Christmas are my two favorite holidays. And I love Thanksgiving because I love the feast that we have every year. And it's just, it's so, so good. And we won't have that with my mom this year. It'll just be, it'll just be me. And I don't even know if my husband will be working or not. He did work last year. Um, so we'll have to figure that out or see how that's going to be. But it just won't be the same. And that was kind of sad um, to, to know that. I don't know when I'll see my parents again. This year is my mom's 70th birthday. We had plans of going to the Bahamas as like all of us, like the whole, whole family. Um, and just like taking a week there, she would be there with all of her kids and all of her grandkids and really just celebrate her 70th because she has just been through it. You know, like I've said before, she's had, she survived cancer twice. Um, she's had a life that has been extremely eventful and, through God's grace, she has been blessed with another year, the ability to turn 70. And she's been incredibly helpful for me during my postpartum with Ellis. So if anything, we just wanted to just do it up, but we're not able to. And and even if we wanted to, like, even if we were like, F it, we're still going to go. The Bahamas are requiring people to quarantine in the Bahamas at their own cost before being released to move about in their country. So that's not even an option. The only other option is to go to Mexico. But my mom is, like I said, she survived cancer twice. So she ain't even left the house herself since March. So that's a bit disappointing. And like I said before, I always try to lean on the things that I'm grateful for. To kind of balance it out because sometimes it just can feel like, oh my gosh, this is just the worst. (laughs) Um, But I'm grateful for two really great kids. Uh, My son, Ezra, we did not return him back to school. We'll see what the world looks like in January. If not, then we'll see in June. Um, But we were able to find a really great person to come in and tutor him three days a week. And that's been going fantastic. And he really, really likes it. And during those hours that she's here, it frees me up. Of course, I have my four-month-old. But it's kind of easier to manage a four-month-old and handle a four-month-old and a three-year-old. But during those times, I work on like my administrative work. I work on my podcast. Um, I do some marketing things. I may take a nap, (laughs) I do laundry, I clean. Um, I just kind of like have some time basically and he's learning and we're all in the house. Um, So that's been a blessing. I'm super grateful for that. I'm super grateful that we were able to go to Sarah and B and have that time as a family to just get away and spend some time. That was a great, great weekend. And I'm super grateful that we're able to take another trip in September. That's super awesome. Um, And I'm also grateful that September gets to be um, a time where I can use this platform to support other mothers as they're going through it in whatever struggles. Um, I do two different support groups. 
One is the um, Haven Hog Project, and the other is through the Atlanta Birth Center. And it's also very humbling because hearing other people, their challenges and the things that they're going through is a reminder that yours sometimes maybe isn't as difficult as it has to be. Um, Because like, yes, I'm in the house and I haven't seen my friends, um, but there are some people who are here as immigrants and they don't have anybody like at all. Um, Or there are some people who have lost their jobs because of the pandemic and are currently pregnant um, and may have to move. Or there are some people who are just trying to navigate all of the anxieties that are coming up out of all of this that's going on. And that's really just hard. Um, And so with all of that being said, I did want to take a moment just to kind of share some resources that are available to everyone in case you may need it. Um, we, I am on the board for Postpartum Support International. Um, that's who certified me in being perinatal mental health certified. And um, they offer several online support groups. Um, so I wanted to just go through those in case anybody needs them or if you know of anyone that may need them. So the first one is the Apoyo Perinatal. It's a Spanish language group for mothers. There's Black Mamas Matter. There's Military Moms, NICU Parents, Perinatal Mood Support for Moms, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Support Group for Moms, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Support Group for Parents. It's once a month. And there's Pregnancy Mood Support. Plus Coming Soon is an LGBTQIA plus support group. Um, for parents, that's going to be virtual soon. But all of those um, that I listed are currently open um, online and accessible to anybody that may be interested. And I'm going to put that link in the details box as well for anybody that may need it. And also just an additional thing that I wanted to throw out, a new app that I found that's great for meditation is the Insight Timer. Um, Before I used the Calm app, and I know several people use Headspace, what I like about the Insight Timer in comparison to the other two, there's more free options. Um, Plus, there's a one-time fee. I think it's $29 or $59 for the year, which is pretty good in comparison. But um, there's tons of different options that you can use. Um, There's meditation for parents, there's guided meditation, there's meditation for sleep, anxiety, imposter syndrome, um, just like tons of different ones. Um, And they also have different live classes that you can use, like a yoga meditation, find peace, mindfulness to heal ourselves in the world, breakthrough breath work and meditation, Um, just different ones. Okay, so here's one, one for stress one for work, one for self-esteem, mornings. Um, Even if you're new to meditation and you're learning to meditate, there's even ones for that. And then there's different teachers that teach these meditations from all across the world. And so you can even like pick a specific teacher that I just want to do all of her classes. And then they'll list all the courses that she'll have. And they'll even have like live courses that you can join. 
So I really, really like it. I think it's fantastic. It's super diverse also. Like there's even one, um, how to fight injustice without hating. Be a change maker for peace and racial and social equality while maintaining inner peace and calm. And that one's done by Valerie Brown. Um, So like I said, it's pretty awesome. I recommend it. I'll put that link in the details as well as another resource for everybody. But pretty much I covered a lot. (laughs) Um, So I told you about Push Through Mama Breathe, September 26th. Get your tickets ASAP because we're almost full. Um, I'm going to put the meditation app. I'm going to put the article. I'm going to put the the different groups in the details. Um, And please let me know what your thoughts are on this whole parenting discussion with disciplining Um, even just drop me a line, just a sentence or two, like, what are your thoughts? Like, how do you feel? Like, please let me know, um, on what you think about all of that, of what I said, or what other research have you done? Just share so we can continue the conversation. Um, and also I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying, I hope you're staying hydrated. Um, I hope you are staying centered and grounded in your breathing You're checking in with yourself. You're doing a body scan. You're setting your intentions. Remember when you wake up in the morning, do not reach for your phone. Do some affirmations. Tell yourself you're beautiful. Tell yourself you're amazing. You're kicking ass. You're doing everything that you need to do. Drink your hot water with lemon and honey, whatever you need to do to just feel centered and grounded before you go out there and just conquer the day. Sometimes we're just so much on autopilot and we just go, 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 go. We don't take a minute to really like sit in ourselves and reflect on how we're feeling. Like I had to do it on Sunday. I had to say like, what is this irritable feeling I keep having? (laughs) What is this about? Oh, it's because I have not seen people since March. (laughs) Um, And it's okay if you need to take a minute to do that. If you have to journal, if you have to reflect, if you have to write, if you have to talk it out, Just do it. Check it with yourself. But until next time, guys, keep on pushing. Keep on pushing. Now maybe someday